This episode of the 3D Insights podcast is brought to you by Tokyo Electron. As a leading manufacturer of innovative semiconductor and flat panel display production equipment, Tell believes its employees are central to its success. That's why Tell is committed to employing people with diverse cultures, backgrounds, and values. The company has offices and manufacturing locations in 12 countries around the world. To see if Tell is a good fit for you, check out their careers page at tell.com slash careers. Hi there. I'm Francoise von Trapp, and this is the 3D Insights Podcast. Hi, everyone. Today's podcast episode was recorded live at Semicon West 2022 at the Moscone Center in San Francisco, where critical discussions about the latest issues impacting the semiconductor industry took place. Now, chips aren't the only thing in short supply, and the semiconductor industry talent shortage continues. So Semi launched a workforce initiative to address this. And in this episode, we're talking with General Paul Funk of the United States Army and Ray Wilson, also of the United States Army, and Larry Smith, who is chairman of the board at Tell US. General Funk and Larry participated in a panel discussion today on the role military veterans can play in shoring up the microelectronics workforce. And Major Wilson is part of a program called Soldiers for Life. So we're going to be talking to all of them about these different activities. So thanks for joining me, guys. Our pleasure, Francois. Thanks for having us. I'd really like, first of all, to thank all three of you for your service. You're worth it. I like that. Okay. Thank you. So before we dive in, um, I'd just like you to each take a few minutes to talk about your background and your role. Larry, can you tell me your Army story? I sure can. I'd love to. Uh, I like to refer to myself as I am a soldier for life. Mm -hmm. And I started my journey, uh, grew up in uh, northern Minnesota. Uh, My father and brother served in the military. Uh, my, my father actually was a World War II veteran in the Pacific, and you know I work for Tokyo Electron. Right. Uh, it's very interesting <laughs> as I brought him back as part of uh, that journey to Tokyo and Tokenawa, which were in the uh, places where he served in World War II, and that whole experience was very healing for him. So our, our family, unlike uh, General Funk, who made a career out of it, he's had 38-plus mm-hmm. years, and his father served, and, and others. Our, my family, uh, father, brother, and others, served for a season and then moved on, actually, to many in civil service, both firemen and uh, health care workers, etc., but when I was growing up, grew up in a middle-class family. Father was assistant chief of, of the fire department, and I knew I had to pay for my college. And so I used an athletic talent to try to get the best education I could. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was given the opportunity to play ice hockey uh, for West Point, okay. and then continued that education through the four-year season, and uh, then served in the military Uh, My first duty assignment was at Fort Hood, Texas, where Mm -hmm. I met a young Lieutenant Paul Funk. Well, there we go. So that's the connection. (laughs) I served my five-year commitment, uh, then uh, decided to transition to the civilian sector. Uh, Industry valued that experience, and I had 17 interviews from a variety of industries over a two-day period when I decided to get out of the service. And I didn't know much about those industries, from oil and gas to furniture manufacturing to uh, pharmaceutical sales. And then one of the components 
was in the semiconductor industry. And I'm like, well, I, I ran around in tanks. How could I actually contribute to such a high-tech industry? And so that's one of the things we talked about in the keynote today is how do we help with transitioning veterans? And, uh, and so that's where it's part of my passion to really two things. I think there's a calling in my life based on my personal experience in the military and in serving and then also in this industry and, and the benefits I've received from that is I want to be able to help others in that transition to both hire and house veterans. And that's part of my passion right now towards this phase of my career. And I'm extremely excited to have uh, General Funk as part of this whole exercise today, not exercise event today. And, um, and it's truly been an emotional career highlight for me. So thank you for the opportunity to actually share part of the story and what we're trying to accomplish. I think so far it's a great story. And I love that you guys met and that you've kept that connection over the years. Um, General Funk. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what you do and how you've made that connection between your career and the semiconductor industry? Well, uh, let me go back a little bit to uh, what Larry said. I'm a son of the Army. I was born into it. I was born at Fort Hood, Texas. My dad's a soldier. My mom served. My my wife is actually the daughter of a soldier as well, and uh, that comes to a lot, uh, place later in life when we all serve together in Desert Storm. But I got the opportunity to, uh, to forge relationships on the back of tanks out in the open terrain at Fort Hood, Texas, with two of the greatest guys in the world. One is sitting right across from me, Larry Smith. That has been forged through uh, countless opportunities. And they, they always looked out for me when I was deployed. As I stayed in the service, Larry got out went after his captain. But he continued to stay in touch, and we stayed in touch, and we raised our kids together and just stayed in each other's lives. And that's what this is all about. It's mm-hmm. about making a connection. Right. It's about, you know, so many times people will say, thank you for your service. And while that is fantastic and the entire uh, American population is worth it, what is really special is when someone comes back to you and says, hey, you're my friend, mm-hmm. and we'll be friends for life. That, that is an incredible connection. So right now, I'm the 17th Commanding General of Training and Doctrine Command for the United States Army. I've had a 38-year career. I've deployed six times, been a commander in five, have commanded everything from a tank platoon all the way up to a U.S. Army uh, command, ACOM, mm-hmm. as, as we call them. This has been an affair of my life. Mm-hmm. I This... I was born to be a soldier, and mm-hmm. I, when you make your calling and it becomes your passion, there's not much uh, difference there. And fortunately, I got to share that with my great friend who has just an incredible passion to help soldiers mm-hmm. and their families. Now, um, part of the conversation today and the, the panel discussion was about the disconnect um, between yeah. you know, veterans who are so equipped with the skills for the microelectronics industry. What, what makes them so well-suited? Oh, they, they, they're disciplined. They, they take instruction incredibly well. They, they're very much hands-on. They, they like to really see an outcome. And that's what Tell actually does. Mm-hmm. They, they're in the outcome business, really. And as far as, like, specific engineering skills and training, mm-hmm. is it only veterans who have had that background and worked in those areas in the military 
that are suited for um, microelectronics, or is it just in general? Well, frankly, I think this whole industry has all kinds of things that the, the military has, the Army has, right? Mm-hmm. They have a need for those that can manufacture things with their hands, but they also have a marketing need. They, have a, okay. they actually have a leadership need. They have um, an enterprise, a human uh, resources need. So there's, there, the connection is almost identical, mm-hmm. and you can see the transitions. We have a, um, I don't know, there's over 150 career fields in, in your Army. Okay. So that's interesting because one of the things that we've talked about on the podcast before um, is that you don't actually have to have a degree in engineering or science to find a role in the semiconductor industry, that you can come from all different types of backgrounds or schooling. And I suppose it's, it's, it's the same for the military. Yes. You can, there is a role for any sort of um, career within the military. For yes. instance, you're a communications specialist. I am. Right? Well, I don't know about that, but I, I uh, allegedly went to school in communications. Okay. Yeah. And so, and you've put that to use? Yeah. I mean, that's what uh, this leadership business is all right. about. Okay. So, yeah, we've, I've had the opportunity to do that on some amazing stages. Downtown Mosul, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, downtown Raqqa. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've been to some quality places to do some communicating. So now, um, if veterans are so well-equipped, how come they are so unaware of the opportunities in the microelectronics industry? I think it's on twofold, Francois. You know, one of the things General Funk acknowledged about a month ago, we were having a discussion about training. So, you know, he trains 800,000 people a year, so he understands that business. Uh, We're in discussions of how do we scale the training need or workforce development for an industry that's going to need 50, 60, 70, 80,000 people over the next several years. And so one of the things is we were... uh, discussing the training opportunity, General Funk just whispered in my ear and he says, you know, you really have an image problem. And so image and awareness and part of the conversation with Sherry List, the executive director over the Semi Foundation, is she's launching an image and awareness campaign to try to educate people on what the semiconductor industry does and how your attributes can translate right. into our industry. So it's not I'm an aircraft maintenance mechanic or a tank mechanic exactly. It's And this was something I learned in a visit with General Funk and his staff about a month ago where we were benchmarking and trying to learn from them on how they train certain individuals. You know, they, they transition as civilian into a soldier in yeah. 10 weeks, you know, and it's done through leadership and processes and many of that aspect. But to make the uh, veterans aware... This industry is intimidating. Yeah, you know, you're micro, you're you're putting billions of transistors on something the size of your your thumbnail, and so when you talk to a soldier about that, it can be overwhelming or intimidating. So we have to be able to translate that. And at the keynote, we had three great videos of Tokyo Electron employees that shared their story. One of the things General Funk does so beautifully when he connects with soldiers, and I've seen this time and time again, is hey, tell me your story, why you joined the army, and why you stay. This is about stories. This is about relationships, which is what he talked about. And Tokyo Electron is a relationship company. And so as we benefited from a personal relationship and and giving us the opportunity to tap into a talent resource that really is unaware of how to navigate some of the bureaucracy there. So awareness, communication, uh, opportunities, internships. This is an exciting opportunity right now to meet a huge need 
with the source of talent that's available. And what uh, soldiers or veterans are looking for is culture and identity. They want to be part, part of something bigger than themselves. They want to be something that's committed to the same kind of values they have. Family values, doing things valuable to the nation. That's, that's why this connection to tell is so important. And to this industry. Because these people make things. They make, they make the world go. And that's what soldiers think they're doing. And that's what veterans want to be. They want to be part of that. They want to be committed. They absolutely want to make a difference in the world. That's why they join. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Right. Do you feel like this is, you know, the timing right now is good because we're in the midst of a chip shortage and that has brought the semiconductor industry into everybody's living room? People who didn't know what the semiconductor industry was. Do you think there's been sort of an alignment there where if um, veterans were unaware of the opportunities in the industry, Mm -hmm. now it's something they might think about because suddenly it's in the news? Well, every crisis leads to opportunity, right? So there's an opportunity here. Now is the time. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get it out in, the, if you're going to get it out into the industry of what they do and what, how, what a difference they make, now's this time because there are people looking for these kinds of opportunities. To, so, uh, yeah. So crisis brings opportunity. Okay. So um, I know there were some other speakers on the panel discussion. Can you give me some of the takeaways from today's discussion? I'd love to introduce the panelists that were part of it, other than General Funk. We had uh, Katie Maloney from Edwards High Vacuum, mm-hmm. and uh, she was a, uh, a Navy veteran, went to Notre Dame under an ROTC scholarship. And, uh, you know, so her experience, you know, in the military, I feel the military does a pretty good job on diversity and equity and inclusion, but there's still a common issue around gender, you know, so it's mm-hmm. almost the same percentage. And she was able to share some of her experience of, you know, 20% of the population in the military is really female and same in our industry right now. Ironic. So we have very similar challenges <laughs> yeah. in that space. But I do feel that the military has done a good job in underrepresented groups, so we could learn from that. So Katie shared her story, her journey, and then she's also very active in, in DE&I within the SEMI uh, organization mm-hmm. and foundation. So she was really um, a very good contributor to the panel, and it was, it was actually fun in our dialogue that her daughter now is following her footsteps at Notre Dame mm-hmm. with the Navy ROTC program. General Funk did his best to I try did. to convert it to the Army, but I'm it, still yeah, you're going to be still a work working in progress. On then we had Sherry Liss, uh, who's the executive director of the Semi Foundation, which is leading this VetWorks initiative, DE&I, High Tech U. Uh, she's a rock star. Yes. And, and she's been a great sponsor in addition to the Semi team to try to scale what Tal has been doing for the last several years. And then we had the privilege of having uh, Dr. Ann Kelleher, the 
uh, Executive Vice President for Intel in char charge of all technology and manufacturing. Uh, you know, so she's had global responsibilities for a vast amount of technology and uh, scaling their manufacturing operations. And they have a huge talent need right now. So how do veterans fit into that? Mm -hmm. How do uh, they onboard veterans? And then uh, how do we, um, you know, sustain them and bring them in and explain the brand? Intel's got a, a different brand than Tel, mm -hmm. but awareness of Intel is, is in their presence is very important. And then we have the CEO of Semi, which is Ajit Manocha, with 40 years experience in the industry. Mm -hmm. And he visited General Funk about four or five years ago with me. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning of a conversation to see how we could scale, mm -hmm. which literally leads to this conversation today. Yep. Okay. So can you explain to me, General Funk, some of the Army programs that are transitioning Army veterans back to civilian life? Absolutely. The first one that you just brought up is transition. We have a transition assistance program that's DOD-wide, mm -hmm. actually, and, and Katie talked about that on her part. She went through that program, and that's how she got this job coming out. It was before Larry got out, the program didn't really exist, okay. but, but now it does. Uh, that Larry, one is, you were a trendsetter. I'm an old guy. Yeah, no, you, no old. you're not an old guy. You're a trendsetter. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. You know, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm shared, known you for. Shared, you, yeah. you shared your story with General Funk and gave him yeah. ideas. You know, yeah, I see exactly the connection. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a brilliant man. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I had to say that. Which How much did he pay me. you? It hurt me a little. <laughs> So did he win a bet? He yeah, won a bet. He, no, yeah. he did not win at golf. Please get that on the podcast somehow. So you just did. Yeah, yeah, it's right. there. Awesome. And and then there's also the uh, pays program, which is program for your success, which mm -hmm. is what brought Larry and I to a beautiful uh, ceremony that uh, out at Tell that that really represented, and we were talking about this in the hallway, that really represented 38 years of service together, mm -hmm. whether in uniform or not, soldier for life, and we were able to get people excited about mm -hmm. bringing kids from the Army into Tell. They're guaranteed five interviews with five different companies, and Larry keeps hiring them because they're great kids. And that leads us to the Soldier for Life program, mm -hmm. which connects the other side. It connects all other kinds of co corporations and companies back to the Army, because we have an image problem. Actually, 0.04% of this, the nation serves in uniform. 0.04%. Point 0.04. 0 0.04. 0.04. 99.7% of those kids are high school graduates. 99.7. Okay. 287 mm -hmm. have college degrees. Your Army is incredibly educated, mm -hmm. but... But, we, as I said, we have an identity crisis because people don't understand that. And that's why we have the Soldier for Life program. And that they are there to provide outreach, to tell a story, to actually connect America back to its army. And we're fortunate to have Ray Wilson here because Ray can describe that completely. See, you are all wondering when Ray was going to get a chance to talk. Or should I say Major Wilson? Ray. Ray, Ray is fine. Okay, so, Ray, could you please tell us... Your Army story. I'd love to. First of all, thanks so much for having me uh, tell my story and then also the opportunity uh, to talk about Soldier for Life for a little bit. So for me, uh, the military is a family business. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my grandfathers served in World War II. Uh, my other grandfather served in the Korean War. Uh, my father retired from the Air Force. My mother retired from the Navy. And I have a twin brother that retired from the Marines. 
you know, with that, I mean, my entire career, uh, I've had the opportunity uh, to serve uh, in the United States Army for 26 years. It actually started when I was a junior in high school. Uh, I joined the Army as a motor transport operator. I joined the Army to be a truck driver. Um, but then through my career, I've just been given opportunities that present themselves. Um, so 11 years after I joined the Army, uh, I actually received a commission, became a, a transportation officer, and later that you know, uh, transformed into a logistics officer. Uh, two years after that, I became an active duty soldier. Just these opportunities mm-hmm. um, along the way. And then, like, although my starting point is different uh, from the gentleman at the table, um, but my opportunities are endless. They, they continue uh, to present themselves. Most recently, I had the opportunity uh, you know, to be an aide-de-camp uh, for the Deputy Commanding General of, of TRADOC, uh, Lieutenant General Maria Gervais. And for me, like I look back upon my career that started in 1994 as a truck driver. Like, mm. what, what organization do you, do you have those opportunities mm-hmm. to take advantage of? Um, so that's part of it. And then I'll say... Um, I, I get the privilege to serve in the United States Army. I have my health. I have the ability. I'm able to do that. And it's absolutely a privilege uh, that I do not take uh, take for granted. And then while I get the privilege, it allows me uh, you know, to take care of the two most precious things in my life, my wife and my child, while I, I get to serve, too. Um, you know, and I get to lead uh, soldiers in, in this great organization. And then all of this is happening. Um, you know, I'm gaining experience. I'm gaining discipline, knowledge, skills. Uh, I received another, uh, you know, master's degree. You know, throughout this process, uh, and all this, I get to take with me mm-hmm. when I transition. At some point in time, I will transition out of the army and transition into an opportunity. What that is, I don't know, but uh, the army has prepared me. Uh, uh, to do that. And then the last thing I'll say... I can start recruiting now. (laughs) (laughs) Study. (laughs) And then then the last thing I'll say uh, about my Army story is uh, one of the greatest benefits of my experience is the people I've had the opportunity to serve with. Um, You know, just some amazing individuals. And if, you know, if if Staff Sergeant Donnie Austin walked in the room right now, I'd have to break away I have to recognize them, then I have to come back. It's just that type of relationship, those type of experiences uh, that you share, you share together, and those relationships will be with me for the rest of my life. Really deep bonds. First Sergeant Jesse Copeland. Yeah, exactly right. Right, it's First Sergeant Prince. So, can you explain what is the Soldier for Life program? Absolutely. So, uh, Soldier for Life is an organization uh, that engages and connects the Army with government and non-government organizations. Um, And they do this to influence policies, programs, and services for soldiers, veterans, and families. That sums it up. Mm -hmm. Now, within the program, there's essentially three pillars or three functional areas that we focus on. The first one is employment. The second one is education. And the third one is health and wellness. Mm. So based off of that, you know, how can we connect and engage uh, those three entities that I mentioned mm-hmm. with soldiers, veterans, and families. And this is to support that transition from 
military life to civilian life. It is. Okay. So it's not soldiers for life as in staying in service. No, it's the idea that you're a soldier for life from the first handshake until well after you make the transition. Okay. And then also within that is we need individuals to tell their story. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, my army story is a family business. Mm -hmm. How do we connect to individuals that have no connection to the military? How do we tell them about the opportunities that I received if they don't have that coach or role model or mm -hmm. example? Mm -hmm. They don't live by a military installation, so they don't know about the military. So we need transitioning soldiers, veterans. Once they leave, they go out in the community, and they're the ambassador. Okay. They tell their story and the opportunities that they have. Like Larry. Like Larry. Larry is a soldier for life. He is. Absolutely. Yes, he is. Okay. Yes, I am. Well, thank you. Yeah. This is really cool. So what are the next steps for you guys? What's the goal? Our goal is to get, continue to connect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, reconnect America to its army. But what's the goal also of helping military yeah. transition yeah, into the semiconductor yeah. industry? So the kickoff today, the VetWorks program with Semi, I, from the keynote, mm -hmm. I've had two conversations with very significant companies in this industry that mm -hmm. said, uh, we weren't aware, we're not engaged in such a fashion, how can you help? Mm -hmm. And we're like, this is not a competitive situation. Mm -hmm. This is how can we take advantage of an opportunity for the industry. So I expect over the next several days as we continue this conversation that others are going to want to embrace this mm -hmm. as an opportunity. Given the problem or opportunity statement is mm -hmm. we don't have enough people. Right. So if we're going to build all of these semiconductor fabrication facilities across the U.S., which they're all lined up, you know, we've got to do something different. And there's a great pool of talent dedicated and loyal um, individuals that we can bring in for this this service. Yeah, it's a match made in heaven. It really is. Right? Yeah. It really is. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, everyone, and I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you, Francois. I appreciate the time. We'll talk thank to you, you next time. Thank you, ma'am. Really great to be here. Thank you. It was fun. There's lots more to come, so tune in next time to the 3D Insights Podcast. The 3D Insights Podcast is a production of 3D Insights, LLC.